hello friends. Um, I want to start this by saying I record all of my podcasts. Also, could you could you hear that then? That's, that was so mad. I was talking and because I had my elbow on the desk and it's doing it now, it was like, this is oh, tangent. Jesus, we've been talking for 30 seconds. Um, it was like reverberating through the empty can of monster on my desk and like making a weird ringing sound. So anyway, I um, record all of these episodes as voice notes on my phone. And I, because now I'm old and I have apps all over the place and I don't know where they are. And so I say, Siri, open H&M, Siri, open whatever it is that I'm looking at. <laughs> Always thinking of some kind of shopping. Um, and I said, Siri, open voice note. It's like, there isn't an app called voice note. Okay, Siri, open voice recorder. There isn't an app called voice recorder. And I'm like, don't like, can't you just guess? Voice memo, voice memo. Okay, fine. So I've had a few people um, tag me in things this week to say that I was their top or like top three or whatever podcast of the year, which is kind of hilarious because there's hardly any episodes of this thing. And um, I just kind of very abruptly stopped posting anything in October, which I apologise. A couple of people messaged me in the past few weeks saying, is the podcast coming back? It's not, it didn't go away per se, but if you um, listened to the previous episodes, which would be weird if this was the only one you've ever listened to, but if you did listen to the previous episodes, you'll know the whole thing of this podcast for me was um, that we are kind of chill. There's no particular has to be this, has to be that. It was just very ad hoc in the moment when I felt like I had something to say and the format is vloggy. What I would describe as vloggy. Um, really very rarely do I do anything where um, this is a thought out or planned discussion. Like today I'm literally just chatting. I'm just sitting at my desk. Um, I've got nothing in front of me. Nothing. We're just talking. Um, sometimes I feel like I've got something specific and I want an outline. Um, and other times I'm just talking. So the main reason that I um, haven't uploaded for a couple of months is um, the other thing about this podcast was it tended to be things that had happened to me that had triggered something that I kind of wanted to discuss. Kind of like a podcast therapy of sorts. And some stuff happened in October that led me down a path that was kind of, I don't say self-destructive, but slightly like mentally destructive. I felt very low and um, like I just wasn't coping at all. Uh, and it was things that with my close friends, I would discuss the details of. Um, but I didn't feel that I could discuss the details of publicly because a lot of it didn't actually, it involved me, but it involved a lot of other people or just other people in general that I didn't necessarily want to divulge information about. So there was some stuff going on that, um, not my immediate family, but uh, stuff that going on that I felt like I needed to work through privately, which is an unusual thing to me. Um, but it also made me feel like I didn't really want to post anything here because I don't like to be guarded. I don't like to be censoring myself and, oh, be careful what you say because that the whole point of this particular format, this particular platform is that I can just talk and I feel very, very comfortable being very open and candid with you here in a way that I can't be in a vlog. 
Um, and I don't know what that is. I mean, par- partially I do know what it is because it's comments um, and the engagement that I get over there. But also I will come to edit something back in a vlog and be like, mm, I'm going to cut that out. And I don't do, do that here. I just talk and then I upload it. And it is just very stream of consciousness and um, unedited for the most part. So I just didn't feel comfortable chatting here about the stuff that was going on for that reason. So apologies for those of you who thought I had just gone away completely. It hadn't. It was just kind of like a little bit of a dry spell in terms of me feeling like I wanted to talk things through. Today, however, there has been a development. And um, because we did kick off this whole podcast journey um, with a lot of ADHD talk, I thought I should probably do a little bit of an update here. I actually, it's the 1st of December. I don't know if I'll, I'll probably will upload this today, but it's the 1st of December. And I started, obviously, my um, Vlogmas today. So I started recording my first Vlogmas vlog. I've decided that I'm going to do them chronologically. So rather than uh, have, have a vlog go up every single day in December, which is what I've done previously, I decided that I'm going to vlog every day in December. So Vlogmas day one will go up on the 2nd. Um, they're going to be up at five o'clock, which gives me a little bit more time, means that I can vlog all day today and then tomorrow morning I can get up early, get that edited and sorted out for the evening and I'm hopeful that that way I can be just a little bit more chill about the whole thing and very determined to do every single day. So that's what I'm doing today and um, I wanted to talk about my development but I decided it was a bit of a downer. Didn't really want to start off Vlogmas, this festive period of excitement with doctor's appointments. I did touch on it. I did say I had this appointment. I wanted to kind of update people that have been following along with my vlogs and understanding that that was a journey that I was going on because I did mention a few weeks ago when I had this appointment booked that it was the 1st of December and I was like, ugh, do I really want to start it that way? So I did mention it, but I'm not going to get kind of get into it. Um, I feel like I need a little bit of time, um, at least a, f- a few days to kind of digest everything. And I also, you know, like I say, I just didn't want it to be how we kicked off this, this season of vlogging. But this is a different platform completely. And so I'm going to uh, fill you in here. So I had a doctor's appointment this morning. I, um, my intention, there were a few things so I'm not great with doctors. I don't trust that I will get where I need to be. I don't, I haven't had great experiences in the past. Um, and my husband despairs because I will complain about pains and whatever else. And he's like, just go, just go. I was watching Liza Schlesinger's um, new stand-up, which by the way is fantastic. It's very, I would say it's very preachy in a good way because she's saying all the things that I want to hear but if you've got um someone that you would be watching with that might be a little bit uh like I don't want to be you know um what's the word I'm looking for like I don't want to be taught or I don't want to be like I don't want a sermon um or if that's you because that's fair um that it might not be for you but I, I thought she was fantastic but one of the jokes that she made was all very like feminist based in case you're wondering um one of the jokes that she made um, was about her husband and how he doesn't sleep and whatever. And she said something along the lines of like, well, I don't know how to deal with this completely new problem in a completely sarcastic tone. Um, and she said, do you think maybe it's time to see a medical doctor? And it made me laugh so much because that's basically Lee, my husband, to me. 
Like just see a doctor, just see a doctor. He, I'm sure, gets some kind of like frequent flyer miles deal because he sees a doctor all the time. I think he gets like regular blood work just for fun. Um, he is a self-professed hypochondriac. I think I used to be that way when I was younger, but as with so many things, things put things in things put things in perspective, don't they? You know, like if you're um, uh, a, a fearful flyer and you uh, fly with someone who's like really, really scared, it kind of, it holds up a mirror to yourself and you're like, mm, am I really this afraid? And it kind of helps you overcome something when you see someone else that's more afraid. I remember that being a thing for me when I was a kid with spiders. My friend came to my grandma's house with me. A bit of a strange situation now I think about it, but she came to my friend's house with me um, to sleep over. And my grandma sorry, not my friend's house, my grandma's house. My grandma lived quite far away, actually. Strange, just the whole thing. Like, would you allow your child to go and sleep at a friend's grandma's house? The parents had definitely never met my grandma. So the whole thing is really weird now I'm thinking about it. But I remember her being so terrified of a spider on the ceiling that probably hadn't moved in like 16 years. Um, And I thought I was afraid of spiders. And in that moment, I realised that I could put it in perspective and be like, I don't love them, but I'm not, this is not a phobia because this person is like absolutely apoplectic because there's this spider on the ceiling. So I feel like that happened with my husband. He was like a super, super major hypochondriac and it kind of pushed me way back the other way. And then between that and the fact that I haven't had fantastic experiences with actually opening up to doctors and saying that I needed help with things, physical and otherwise, um, it just makes me not want to go. So he just absolutely despairs because I won't go. He recently said, you need to go because I've had this chronic back pain for, I mean, off and on since my daughter was born 17 years ago. It's it's ridiculous. I've had various different kinds of therapies for it. Um, and I'm currently taking painkillers, which I thought I was, I mean, I'm taking below the dose that it says you can take, but I still, I felt like the, the top dose is high. So I felt like I was taking too many. The doctor told me today I need to be taking the full dose. So okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll see how it goes. Um, but I finally made this appointment partially because the pain in my back gets to a point of, I can't cope with it. Like I can't get comfortable. I have to lie on the floor. I have to stretch out. It would be impossible for me to do a full day at work without going to, um, the bathroom, literally lying on the floor, stretching myself out, taking a heat pad with me, etc. Um, thankfully my particular workplace only requires that we go into the office once a month, um, some people go into the office all the time. I prefer to work from home and I probably actually live the closest to work of everyone, which is kind of funny. Um, but I prefer to work at home because my setup at home works best for me. I've got a standing desk. I'm just more comfortable. And if I need to stretch out, I can do that comfortably. Um, but to be fair, even if I, if I said to them, listen, I really don't want to come into the office. I don't even think it would be a problem. So I can't complain about the flexibility of my work at all. Very, very happy. Um, but that was kind of like one of the top things I wanted to go in and be like, listen, we need to do something. I've done all the physios. I've got the painkillers. This can't be how I'm going to have to live forever. Um, but, but the majority of the reason that I wanted to go was that I wanted to discuss potentially getting referred to, um, someone for an ADHD assessment. And I wanted to discuss maybe the pain that I'm suffering with, being um, not psychosomatic because I do think it is a physical pain. And I think if you felt my shoulders and the the place kind of like in between my shoulder blades, if you felt that it's so stiff and I've got so many knots, 
it's just very, very tense. I think it's the way that I hold myself. But I think there's a good chance that it is stress exacerbated. If I um, am very, very stressed out, and I'm, I don't think I'm an anxious person, wouldn't consider myself to be an anxious person. But if something is stressing me out, this could even just be I'm working on something that is difficult. And I'm like, oh God, you know, I just can't figure this out because I work in like railway planning and it's a lot of maths and I'm not great with maths. And it's a lot of um, balls in the air. It's like, because of the way that my mind works, I feel like I've just got things floating and I'm trying to arrange them in my mind. And sometimes I just get it and then it all like poof, jumbles up again. Um, and so some sometimes things are kind of um, a little bit more difficult. And when I'm stressed or something's difficult or I've been given uh, news that I don't want, I can hold myself differently. And I think that that tension builds up in my shoulders and my back. And I think that that has an impact on this pain. And I don't know whether or not, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg. I don't know if I'm holding myself just because of that. Maybe that's causing the pain. If the pain is making the tension worse, I don't know. But we haven't really explored whether or not mental health stuff could um, be a contributing factor to the pain. I've already gone down the route of like, my husband's had a vasectomy, so much TMI in this podcast, I realise, but I know that that's why you come. Lots of candid talk about my life. Fascinating. Um, but I, my husband had a vasectomy this year so that I could have my coil removed. He needs to go back and make sure that that is all ship shape. Let me tell you, while we're on tangents, let me tell you the most baffling thing that I've ever heard in my entire life. The doctor that did my husband's vasectomy, which by the way, men who refuse to have a vasectomy can have no time of mine because it's completely ridiculous. It's such a minor operation, does not make you less of a man. And it makes me really quite cross when I hear men just outright refusing to have a vasectomy for any reason other than they want to have more children in the future. It really does make me quite angry. When we consider what we as women do just all the time, constantly pumping ourselves full of lots of different things um, to, I mean, even just people who have like the coil, quite a traumatic experience but people who have the implant in their arm they're all like minor operations it's just the whole thing is so enraging that there are men that refuse and that their wives just put up with that it makes me really quite cross um but my husband had this vasectomy willingly not a problem didn't complain at all because he's a real man and the doctor that did this uh, procedure said to him that something like eight out of ten men never go back to have the operation checked to make sure that it worked. Is this not the most baffling thing you've ever heard in your entire life? So this is something that potentially, I mean, it would be quite stressful, you know, it's still an operation in a very delicate area. So you've gone to have this operation, probably stress yourself out a little bit in the meantime, you know, oh God, not really looking forward to having this operation. Tiny procedure, but operation. Um, You know, didn't want to have it done, had it done, you know, whatever. Don't go back to make sure it worked. So what benefit is that? Because are we talking then that the women are just accepting that it probably worked and then running the risk? That that will not be me. I'll tell you for nothing. Absolutely the most baffling thing I've ever heard in my entire life, that they wouldn't go back and make sure that they were like shooting blanks. Crazy. So anyway, once um, Lee's gone back and done that, which will be probably in the new year, I'm going to whip out that coil, look forward to having periods for the first time since I was about 25, 
Um, that's going to be, although very excited about the revelation about period underwear. That's definitely going to be my vibe. Um, and I'm thinking that there is a possibility the coil has contributed to some of the symptoms that I have, both mental health and, um, or rather, I don't want to say mental health because that's such a broad thing, but let's say low mood um, and uh, possibly my pain because these these things can happen. But another thing that has been brought up to me recently Um, I mean, people have really enjoyed diagnosing me from home with ADHD. And I, for a long time, was like, no, 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 I can focus. That makes no sense at all. Kind of thought it was a little bit rude because I'm very loud and a little bit all over the place and just was like, who who would diagnose someone like that? You know, it's just kind of a rude comment um, and dismissed it. Then eventually, when I did (laughs) read a little more about it and discovered hyper-focus, that was my gateway into the ADHD thing and was like, oh, my actual God, definitely 100% I identify with almost every single one of these symptoms. It's crazy. Like I can't even tell you. At 7.30 this morning, I decided that I was going to make some notes to take with me because I thought I'm just going to go in there. I'm fantastic at masking symptoms. Last time I went in to talk about anything that was um, mental, I said I wasn't breathing properly. (laughs) This sounds so stupid, but I said I wasn't breathing properly. I was, um, couldn't take a full breath. I was really struggling feeling very anxious all the time. And I said, I'm not an anxious person. I don't struggle with anxiety, but suddenly this has come on. I'm having to stick my head out of the window or lie down on the floor, put my arms above my head. I can't do anything to take a full breath. I don't know what's wrong with me. And the doctor basically said, um, the more you worry about not being able to breathe, the harder it is to breathe. Just go home and calm down. That was pretty much it. So that was frustrating. But I can't totally blame him because I went in with a smile on my face, like, listen, this is a problem that I'm struggling with. Very matter of fact, totally normal. As I left the doctor's office, I'm still in the GP surgery, but as I closed the door of his individual office, I burst into tears. I couldn't do that in front of him. And so my my main concern before I went to this appointment was I'm going to mask because this apparently is a thing that I do. I was told the term is masking because I was talking about it in a vlog and someone was like, this is so common. Especially for women, we want people to feel comfortable. We don't want to be vulnerable in front of people. And so we don't um, show like honest emotion. We don't like to be that way. So I thought, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a a list. I'm going to make some bullet points. I'm going to go in. I'm going to say, don't pay attention to my demeanor. Here are the things that I'm struggling with, but don't look at my face. Don't look at me and make a decision. Don't look at me and think she's fine because I um, am potentially hiding what's really going on. So I was making this list, started making the list at 7.30. Within five, 10 minutes, I was crying my eyes out, thankfully home alone, um, because my husband had taken um, our son to breakfast club because that is our Thursday routine. Um, so I was crying my eyes out and I pretty much cried solidly for till 11 o'clock. Thankfully, because I'd made all these notes and I'd made, um, I, I feel like I didn't actually need the notes in, in the appointment. Maybe I did, but I didn't use them. Um, but because I'd gone through it all, I had it quite fresh in my mind of what I wanted to say, but also because it brought out all this stuff in me. By the time I got there, I was a mess. I was a mess, red and blotchy. And I started talking and I seemed fine. And then I just couldn't stop crying. And I was just like really tearful. Um, And I'm not saying that you should go into the doctors and cry, but I am saying it definitely made an impact because she's talking to me. I'm telling her about my problem with my back. She said, you know, what what is it you're here for? And I said, well, I've got this 
pain with my back. She immediately went into my records and was like, right, okay, what are we doing right now? You've got painkillers. Have you been to the physio recently? I said, well, probably in the last year. And she said, you need to go straight away. Um, so she's put me back with the physio. She's talking about painkillers. And I'm thinking, oh, like we've gone, we've already taken a turn. I should have come in and, and led with the low mood. Um, but because I led with the back pain, we were going in that direction. And I immediately was like, oh, like I've, I've missed my opportunity. So we're going through that. She said, this is easy. Um, I'm going to prescribe you this extra stuff. She said, the painkillers you're taking right now, you need to be taking the maximum dose. Don't be um, like waiting until the pain comes back, actually be taking it, like set yourself a timer, take the pills. So I'm like, okay, right, this is what I'll do. Um, and she said, but what is the rest of what's going on? Because you're obviously very tearful. And she's typing and she says, I'm listening. And I wasn't, Real, I didn't really know how to get it across. I was disorganised. This is why maybe I should have been reading from my notes. But by this point, I wasn't expecting to be this tearful in front of her. I wasn't expecting her to be as assertive as she was. Um, she was just like, right, we're going to sort this out. But it felt like kind of a little bit manic and rushed. So I thought it was a good place to start to say that I'd been dismissed before and that I uh, had come in with the issues that I'd come in with. And she said, okay, is that still persisting? I said, rarely, but it still happens. But mostly it's kind of um, low mood and uh, kind of very scattered. And I said that I was concerned about ADHD. Immediately she was like, okay. And this is a key part because I've heard a lot about it. You know, I've listened to a lot of podcasts about it. I've read a lot about it. People are saying, you know, there's a four year wait on the NHS to be diagnosed with an ADHD or to even get an assessment. And I was fully prepared to go private. The reason that I haven't gone down that path yet is because my concern was that when you pay for a diagnosis, you get a diagnosis because it seemed like everyone that went private got a diagnosis and I wanted to actually be assessed. I wanted to, I didn't want someone to just say, you know, like pat on the head and be like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I wanted them to really, it wouldn't feel validating was my concern. I also didn't want to be medicated for something that I don't actually need to be medicated for. I wanted someone to really assess me. So that was a concern. I also wanted it to be on record that I had um, gone down this route because of my back pain and my thinking that maybe this is all related. I wanted it to be in my notes um, along with my physical stuff. Anyway, she said, um, if you are over 18 and not in education, you need to pay privately for an assessment. She said, it's not even on the table. I don't know if this is the area that I live in, but I did look into um, like right to, what is it called? Not right to choose. Is it right to choose? I forget. Something where basically they can like refer you to a private assessment. That's kind of how I, how I understand it. Um, but it wasn't even on the table. She basically said, um, it needs to be paid for privately. She said that if I get that private assessment, she will accept that if I take that to her, which is a big thing. Cause I know for a lot of people they'll get the assessment and then it won't be transferred to their GP and they have to continue to pay exorbitant amounts of money for GP appointments and for, um, private, um, prescription costs, which you didn't want as well. So it was good to know that that was on the table, that I could do that and come back because I was already prepared to do that just for the wait list alone. Um, and at least this way, I know that there was no alternative. So that's one thing. I, I am going to go down that route in 2023, but I asked at the GP and that was the response. Um, what she did do for me was she gave me a form, which was 
basic mental health stuff, like, you know, how are you feeling on a scale of one to four about X, Y, Z. Um, so I went through that, which I left with the um, receptionist, which is always fun. She um, gave me a few like coping things to do over the next two weeks. She sent me for blood work. She organised another physio appointment, which I'll have tomorrow. And she said she wants to see me in two weeks, at which time she expects to prescribe me with antidepressants, dependent on what happens in the next two, year, two, two years, two weeks, how the blood work comes back, etc., etc. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I feel positive about the appointment. I think she did a lot in the 10 minute space of time that you get for an appointment. Um, she was very to the point, um, but I felt like she wasn't dismissing me. She was just like, okay, here's how we're going to do this. We're going to deal with it in this way, which to be fair is how I usually would be. I don't love to cry in front of people and I'm not very good. If you need comfort, that's not me. I'm like, how we're going to fix this problem. And so I appreciate that that is the way that she um, handled me because that is absolutely how I would handle someone else. Not particularly soft, um, but let's fix this. Uh, so I think she's probably the, the best doctor for me to have seen. She also gave me the number for um, an NHS psychiatry line. And she said that um, she'd like, set up a referral or something and I needed to call and make an appointment. She said that I needed to go like start on that journey with them in addition to whatever else is going to happen. So that's an interesting thing that I wasn't expecting. And she said, in no uncertain terms, do not mention ADHD. She said, if you mention ADHD to an NHS psychiatrist, they'll be like, this is not in my remit. Wash their hands of you immediately. They won't do anything else, um, which is quite interesting. So I'm not going to. I'll go down that route without mentioning anything else. And then I'll do the ADHD thing separately. If that ends up coming back as a yes, then I'll go back to her in the new year. But for now, I feel like I've been heard. It feels like a, uh, it was a good appointment. I got something out of it. And um, I just kind of wanted to share it with you guys because a lot of what has gone on in this podcast so far has been me talking about my mental health journey. And this feels like a really significant moment in that. It's not very festive. I apologise. It's the 1st of December. We could have been a bit jollier, but hey-ho. Um, but I just wanted to kind of get this out there. We'll draw a line under it. The next one will probably be slightly more positive. In fact, I'm with some friends this week and Emma's coming to stay. So we'll probably do a little bit of a chat episode if you're interested. Um, but that's what's going on. Thank you for those of you who have asked for the podcast to return. It didn't go away, but we kind of just, you know, I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling like, like talking, um, which is unusual for me, I know. Uh, but I will keep you posted and um, I will do some less heavy stuff as well. There's there's loads and loads of topics that I've I've wanted to talk about in the past couple of weeks um alone, but I just I wasn't quite ready for uh, a very um candid chat. So today feels like we're renewed and I'm going to leave it there. Thank you again for continuing to listen and I will see you guys next time. <laughs>